Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Hi, it's Moshe Kasher. Hi, it's Natasha Legere, your main host. And it's really great to be here with you. And uh, on our, what episode is this? I don't know, honey. Is this you trying to like... um filibuster right now flex you're trying to flex okay uh-huh. let's hear it no i'm just i'm just letting everyone know i'm the main host that's fine but usually natasha before we begin and maybe it's because you just um, got off stage natasha just got off um at the improv and came in with like kind of one of these i would say slightly like toxic energy of having done well on stage like kind of like you think like when a woman's feeling herself that's toxic that's cool to me when a woman is confident it makes it feels like an attack that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But usually, Natasha, before we begin, you say, oh, what do you want to talk about? And it's funny. You didn't ask that this time. Um, you didn't. We didn't really prep because you came through with, um, with that confidence. And I have something, actually. Okay. I've got a big kind of an, an exciting announcement to make. Um, one of our listeners has written into the podcast and requested... Nay, nay, demanded that I focus a bit more on surf-related topics. So, Natasha, wait, you, hold, hold on, on just one a second. Listener? One listener, just a sec. Natasha, you said that you're the main host. I, uh, I definitely accede to that, and would love it if you take over and just ask me, ask me any interview questions you might have about my life as a surfer, about surf culture. Um, How many times have you stood up? How many times have I stood up on a surfboard? Mm-hmm. Like un- more than 10? Unlimited. Aren't you like, how dare you? Aren't you like a bad surfer though? <laughs> okay, first of all. I thought that was your thing. This you is were like, like a very 
Like, I know you've never hosted a talk show before. I have. Six episode canceled almost instantly. But um, <laughs> this isn't the way that you generally interview subjects is by starting off with like a hardcore insult. But I'll take the question. Um, I've stood up many times uh, and I am not a good surfer, but I am. That's what I heard. You heard that? Mm-hmm. From whom? From you and others. Others? Who? this listener that wrote in? No, tell me what the listener said, hon. I don't actually know. I didn't need to hear much. Uh, Laura said somebody wrote in and said they wanted you to talk more about surf topics. And that was all I needed to know. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for such a request. Um, I am a bad surfer. Yes, I did start a bit too late to not have a fear of... I'm Jewish as well, which doesn't help. I think we can all agree. Um and I started a bit too late to not have a, an imminent fear of death every time I go out. I do I do ponder my own mortality a lot of the time. But I've been doing it long enough that I am no longer so bad that I'm incapable of having um, a, an effective and fun time most times that I go surfing. Thank you for that question. It was very insightful. Anything else you'd like to know about my life as uh, a surfer? Surf culture? You know... My equipment? My quiver? Do you know what a quiver is? No. My quiver is... Uh, all my different surfboards. So thanks for asking about that. Um, I've got a I've got an eight ten uh, crime longfish. Uh, it's a hybrid surf uh, hybrid soft top uh, of uh, epoxy bottom. Can I've I stop a, you for one second? Oh yeah. Did you not want me to keep going through the quiver? No, I think that um, I don't know how to say this. Uh, nobody cares. Actually, for sure, we know God. We what know, what we know a bad 100%. surfer surfs no, with? See, we know one hundred percent that one person cares at least. At least one okay. person cares. Um, do you have any real questions about my um, surf life? You know, Are you I curious th- about it at all? Honestly, be sincere. Now. I know this is going to be hard for you. I do wonder how you do it when it's so uncomfortable out there. Oh, how do I gussy up the uh, motivation? Yeah, it's cold. It's cold. It's wet. Got to throw a, a wetsuit on. That's admirable. I'll tell you how I do it. Natasha and I appreciate you asking. That's a great question. Uh, much more in the line of a real supportive interview question. Um, I do it because it brings me peace of mind. It it is the ultimate experience. It is the only. It's like a novel outdoor experience, which is supposed to be very good for us. What is novel? What do you mean by novel? Like, like it's like unique, and you're rem- you're remembering it, and it's you know it's like when you're outdoors in the elements, experiencing things. I think that's just a better way to be than like. Here's what I like about surfing. Yeah. It's a combination of meditation, physical exercise, fun with friends, communing with nature, and travel. What other, I don't know of another thing that's like, I guess camping. Camping can be like that. Uh, but uh, that is why I, I can motivate myself to do it because when I go surfing and have a good day, it puts me in a good mood for the rest of the day. And I got my exercise and I commune with nature. Sometimes I'll be out there. And there'll be dolphins swimming by. Dolphins right next to me. Dolphins. Just Listen, lurking Moshe, on by. I love when you go surfing. It makes me feel like you've been to a therapist. Mm. And I think it's very healthy for you. I like that you follow your dreams. I like how that you have so many hobbies. I do have a lot of hobbies, huh? A little bit too many, but... You, it, don't have, you don't have one. Yeah, I do. It's called motherhood. That's not even close to a hobby. Yeah, well, it doesn't a feel like A hobby doesn't... Okay, first of all... The definition of hobby is the state doesn't get involved if you're bad at it. <laughs> that's that's kind of classic. That's fair. They don't have the Department of um, uh, Stamp Collection Protective Services. That's fair. You do need a hobby, I think. I, 
listen, I'm uh, good. You're good? I play tennis. I play piano. Piano is, that's close to a hobby. I've walked the dog. You walk the dog? <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Are there any other surf-related questions? Um, no, I think I'm good. I wanted to open this up to the community, to the, the honeymooners. Um, Natasha and I, as you know, uh, there's been a saga of death in our family. And we have been t- going back and forth on what kind of dog to get. Uh, I wanted a German Shepherd. Natasha and our child wanted a toy poodle. Mm, named Fufu. Named Fufu. That was not going to do the thing that I want. Oh, Laura really likes that idea because she's got one of these like Instagram dogs. I don't know if you guys know that. You know, like Laura, when I said don't breed or buy when homeless animals die, Laura <laughs> laughed and pointed at her dog and started like nodding like with her uh, teeth over her front lip. You know, the way people do when they go like, fuck yeah. Like, and, and she said, and then she ripped up a picture of Bob Barker and said, I would never adopt a stray. That's what she said. She said that. That's a quote from her. That's pretty fucked up. That is fucked up. Why would she say that? She said she doesn't support um, shelters and that she does support euthanasia for dogs. Isn't that Mm. crazy? I did not know that. Well, she didn't really say any of that. But I, then I thought, okay, I got to get a dog that can protect our family, right? That's the whole idea here. Because you go for these like woods walks. Honey, I don't want to pick up giant shits okay would you rather Human pick up giant shits, shits or your own spirit after an attack in the woods um i think i'd rather you have a gun you want me to get a gun rather than get a, a big dog i mean have you seen a big dog hunched over to shit it's like really like you have feel you like you're, there's a, like have, it's like a human have you seen a gunshot you wound like- <laughs> <laughs> they're worse <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, anyway, I was gonna. I wanted to open this up to the community. Um. So I was like, no, we got to get a big dog. I'm thinking Rhodesian Ridgeback. If you don't want a German Shepherd, I'm thinking. Um. Uh. You've gotten a lot of German Shepherd hate. Right. People saying German Shepherd not a good idea. I was going back and forth. Rottweiler bad idea. So was, why don't you tell them we were driving down the street the other day? Well, right. So finally, I came to this one. Um. That was a. An, oh, I even thought about getting a silver Labrador because they look kind of like. Uh, pit bulls but then i would have to um peg its ears <laughs> like a pit bull get it surgically i wouldn't do that guys so then i thought newfoundland i found out about the newfoundland do you know about this laura newfoundlands are the are nana from um peter pan and they're naturally inclined nanny dogs they they love children they'll rescue kids if they're drowning they're very sweet um and, but they are the second biggest dog on earth and they are 180 100 uh 80 pounds they can be so i was like okay we'll do that that'll be good and then we saw a man in the street and i like stopped very suddenly in the middle of the night and said how do you like your newfoundland what did he say he said i can't control it it's knocked me over multiple times <laughs> he said and i then got this image of natasha l- tiny little petite natasha being dragged down multiple blocks of concrete by a by a newfoundland who's seeing a water toy and so i think we're gonna go here's what i want from the community medium medium large all right the size of a pit bull but not a pit bull like kind of a like a all i want is a dog that looks a little intimidating but is sweet right Some, something that when an intruder comes to the door or sees my wife walking through the woods he sees the dog and he says nah i'm gonna attack the next person okay so maybe a german shepherd australian shepherd mix maybe uh what do you think tosh i just think it's weird to be really into your dog's race 
It's not it's race. Like if you're like, oh, I need a pure bread. I need something with an underbite and I need it to be bread. And the for three years, there are three generations of uh, underbites. And then can you make sure you bob the tail? And then um, I need to get it at the Glendale Galleria. All I'm and, saying um, is I want it to be. I just think the a, dog, whatever comes to you, no, just deal with it. I want it for a specific reason. I want a dog that's intimidating looking, but is sweet and isn't so big that he will cause my wife to lose her nose to a gravel accident. Like, can you imagine if you came home that after walking so the dog sweet. and your whole nose was gone? Like you just had like a skeletal nose. All right, listen. Well, I used to have a big dog when I was little. I had my paper route and I would take Max with me and I would walk him. Max. He was like a hundred pound chocolate lab and I would roll my papers. And- Problem is with the lab though. Somebody sees a lab, they're like, lab ain't doing shit. Mm. I'm going to kill that lab and then I'm going to attack that woman. Mm. I want somebody, I want something with vague ethnic features, you know, like a dog. They're like, what is that? Is that a wolf? So if you know of a dog out there that has those characteristics. That's terrifying and looks hunches over like a human when it takes its big shits in your yard. You never heard the phrase gentle giant, but this is a gentle medium giant. I just want like a BFG, a big friendly giant, like my favorite anti-Semitic children's author, Rald Rahal Dohel. Okay, well, listen, I think that I'm open to a bigger dog. And I'm open to our listeners sending us submissions. Okay, well, let's do it. And uh, I also think we have some people waiting to talk to us, Mesh. Yeah, okay, let's do it. I can't wait to take a call. This is going to be exciting. You're in a good spirit. You look cute tonight. Thanks. You always look cute, but you look particularly sharp to me. Thank you, Ed. You look great, too. Thank you. You match the dog and the couch. I love this little dog. Old Blanche, last man standing over here. But you know the problem with Blanche? Nobody's not going to break into our house for this little girl. They'll be like, I'll take her. I'll ransom her back to the family. You know what Blanche is? What's that? She's a wallflower. Yeah, Blanche is a wallflower. But look at her. She wants a little love. Come on over, Blanche. Be a part of our podcast. Be a part of our love. This gal, this is a good old gal right here. She's sweet. All right, let's let our first caller in. Who are we calling? Okay. Emily from Brooklyn. And we got to call her because it's getting late there. Oh, it's late in Brooklyn. Hey, Honeymooners. There is nothing worse than suffering with an uncomfortable bra. Thankfully, Honeylove has revolutionized the bra game. Upgrade from traditional bras that use uncomfortable underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. It's not the 90s anymore. We don't have to wear those dumb underwire cup. What was that? They actually made me stop wearing bras. But Honey Loves bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. So you still get the lift, but you don't have to have that outdated wire. Plus, they're made with fabric that is so soft, it feels like a second skin. I truly, these are the only bras I wear now. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. It is so next level comfortable. You'll forget you're wearing it. And they're cute. I have this sheer maroon one. It's really kind of sexy. And it looks like an underwire, but it's not an underwire. I can't talk about these bras highly enough. And for a limited time, get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash honeymoon. I'm going to go re-up some for fall right now. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash honeymoon. Emily, what's up? Hi. Isn't it so late in Brooklyn? I mean, you look like um, a young, wild, wild lady. I am a retired young wild lady. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> Hi, how are you guys? Grand. We're good. It's like midnight there, right? It's actually 1 a.m. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Well, thanks it's for okay. waiting for I, us. Like, I usually get to bed 
late. No. That's like my sleep schedule recently. Dude, Moshe we- too. Moshe sleeps till 3 a.m. Or he stays up till 3 a.m. And then that's um, usually me. I get up and we know what your life is like. I've seen girls, dude. I know exactly what you're living through. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I don't have that much money, though. So, <laughs> What's happening? How can we help? Okay. Um. So I guess like the headline question is how do you date with the attention of trying to find something serious or like a long-term partner and it's like when and how do I do that without putting pressure on things and like basically um in context I'm 27 I haven't had like a serious relationship since I was like 19 really all I know is like short intense situationships or short flings I'm a little bit of like a lust junkie. I get bored really quickly or I attract like really intense people and then it like fizzles apart. Mm. You like dudes? Like, yeah, unfortunately. I'm mostly hetero, unfortunately. Yeah, but, um, it's, it's whack being a, a straight white out here. I know it's, it's hard for us out here. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I guess I would say like as a lust junkie, I'm like, I don't know how to date seriously. What's a lust junkie? Tell me about that. You're just like into the moment of the right before you fuck and then it's just kind of over um that and like the like the lust junkie like i don't know i'm like i'm uh, i don't even know just like lust like it's like basically a lot of the things i've had have never really turned into like real love Mm. it's like people that i said i love you to i realized i didn't really mean it you didn't mean it i think so it was more just like lust like it was like i just haven't been able to like have a long-term thing where it's like i still like them past the newness basically mm, i know this oh she's speaking my language right here it's hard like, do you guys like also too like i get bored of people quickly or like if there's not an initial attraction or spark i'm like eh. like did you guys have like initial we've been bored with each other for over a decade i mean here, not- here's the thing this is why i told moshe that i could marry him he doesn't actively annoy the shit out of me. Yeah, this is what she treats a man like who doesn't <laughs> actively annoy the shit out of her. But you know what I mean? Like if sometimes yeah. like there's certain people like like if 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 a guy brags, I'm like I cannot be around this person. Like there are certain things where I'm like, "Oh, this is not for me." But like Moshe was funny, he's helpful, he cares about his family. You know, it's like, what are these qualities that are going to not be the, because maybe you're getting sick of them for a reason. Maybe they don't hold these more important qualities that you might need to sustain a real relationship. And have Mm -hmm. you, maybe you haven't had a real relationship modeled for you. Did your parents have a good relationship? Please don't cry. And I mean, I guess they do, but it's also like, it's not like a, they don't have lust for each other that you've witnessed personally. They don't, they don't lust after each other. That's sexy. That's so hard. That's what you want out of parents. You want parents that are extremely actively, visibly horny for each other uh, your whole life. Cause then you'll find true love. Like my mom literally said, she was like, I don't care if you get some mistress. <laughs> oh, that's not, she sounds awesome. She sounds like a very cool <laughs> chick. Your mom sounds like a cool chick. Maybe your mom was so like blase about your dad. It kind of made you, uh, you know, not able to, I don't know. I got some straight up suggestions for that ass. Okay. Um, it, it's much like my, uh, my political hero, Robert 
F. Kennedy Jr. Mm. recently Mom recommended. Loves him. <laughs> she sounded cooler by the second. Okay, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., anti-vax lunatic, uh, recently recommended a, a book on a podcast, and I was I was um, I was shaken to say that it was pivotal. This book was pivotal in my transformation from a teenage slut to a grown man ready ready for love um and it's called the road less traveled by m scott peck have you ever heard of it or read people to watch it's like telling people to read the bible or romeo and Juliet. well it changed my life what can i tell you jack kerouac sorry this is a joke right jack kerouac or is this no m scott peck the road oh. less traveled. You're thinking of um, Dharma Bomb. Oh, on the road know. again. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah. take that out if that's too embarrassing for you to leave it in the <laughs> podcast. But no, it's it's an old book, but it really it changed the way I look at dating and relationships. Have you ever heard of it? Um, I feel like maybe I have. Well, it's it really changed the way I remember. I was in Australia, I and I was I was truly fucking my way through Australia, Natasha. And I read this book. I think somebody just left there in the in the in the hotel room that I was at. And it talks all about what you're talking about. It's like because I really relate to what you're talking about. It's like what I used to date people and either I would just it would just be a fuck and that's it kind of situation or it would be um this really white hot intensity thing that the minute the white hot flash would start to evaporate I would go, oh, I guess I don't like love this person because that feeling, that euphoric feeling is starting to dissipate and it, that be, that is what love is. Love is that euphoric feeling, that butterfly feeling and the minute that would go away and I would almost have like a, um, I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before because it's like my, it is my core origin story with love is I would like have like a barometer to see if the if the butterfly feeling was up or down and even if it started to go away, I would, it would be like a switch flip and I'd have to get the fuck out of there. Um, that's not really the way you dated Natasha. Um, I mean, I'm slightly more advanced than you. Like I have always had kind of a boyfriend situation, mm-hmm. Moshe, but I, I do, I do remember like hoping when I was in high school and I had a boyfriend, I had the same boyfriend for like three years. I remember like, whenever it would wane, I would pray that I would like, I would just like start hoping that I could feel it again. You know, like it was really important to me and I would like really like want to have the feeling and be like, how can I get this feeling back, you know, and it comes and it goes. But I mean, if you want to meet your partner and get married so that you can have this undying lust, that's not a thing. Well, that's what that's what old M. Scott Peckaroo says. He says that that feeling of of euphoria he describes it as lust. So it's interesting that you're describing it as lust too. Because to me, I thought lust, I thought lust is just being horny. But like that feeling of like drug, like like th- this person is drug and I need to like. That's what, yeah, it's like, I felt that so intense for people where I really thought it was love. And more recently, it's like, they, it was like also too recently I got love bomb. Like every single like time I think I'm like starting to get serious with someone. I realized it was like all just like love bombing. Cause again, like we were both just like in just an intense thing. Um, so that's, yeah, wait, can I just say something really quick? This is another thing to look out for. Like when I was young falling in love, like there weren't people on the internet naming everything. I know. <laughs> that's true. You know what I mean? Like you got to kind of be careful with that because it's like, oh, this and there's a meme about it and this is that. And then it's like, you know, it's like you just have to kind of exist. The infographics. You got to exist yeah. a little bit 
you're not old. I mean, just to put it in perspective for you, like I met Moshe when I was 38, but like I started comedy when I was 27. So it's like, you know, like that I was, you know, like your career and in, in your life and your love life. It's like there is not this is not a race. Right. I mean, maybe it is because the world's ending and everyone's going to get those marks. To be honest, that's kind of how I feel, too, because I'm like, I want to be able to have like a family and like in my career, but also just like experience this thing before the world does so end. So I think that's I think that was re- that's really wise, Natasha, that sometimes the in their internetification, uh, the internetification of everything has made you made us even more analytical, about- more aware of like every moment and mm-hmm. every oh, he's doing this. And then, oh, you're you, they did that. And you're busy analyzing things rather than experiencing them. And that's kind of what I was doing with my dating was like I was analyzing the level to which that person made me feel high by being around them or being in communication with them. So in that book, it kind of describes like that isn't love. We think we, we we make this mistake of thinking that that's what love is because that is the most um, that is the feeling that comes at the beginning of a loving relationship that feels so intense. It feels so good. It is a lot like drugs. And his point is love is the thing that happens after that or doesn't. So so love is has nothing to do with love is picking up his socks. Well, it really is. Love is is not about how. It makes you feel, and it's about actually how you feel about that person. It's not about how that person makes you feel. It's about how you feel about that person. No, it's also about how the person makes you feel because you need someone who makes you feel confident and secure. Right, and right but all, but that, but then how do I even get there? Like well, you know what I mean? Like I, I, for me, for me, Natasha seems to not not share this feeling as much. For me, it was about um, st- stopping chasing that drug. And starting to chase after someone that I that I cared about. I mean, he describes it as like love is actually caring about another person's spiritual, physical, and emotional well-being. He says more than your own, but it was written in the fifties, uh, so I just translated it. Just that is the part that's love. Is like, how do you feel about that person? How do you want to serve that person? And as RFK said in his raspy little anti-vax voice, love is an is an action, and it's an action of courage. Right. Like for me, I don't know about for you, for me, wanting that feeling only and leaving when it disappeared was because I was terrified. I was scared of having to be in a relationship that wasn't like day to day, like fireworks exciting and be around for what an actual relationship felt like, which is some mundane stuff and some really beautiful stuff, but some like stuff that was like challenging because it wasn't it wasn't exciting 24 hours a day i wanted it to feel like a drug and in fact what it was it was much more like food it was uh nutrient uh additive and and healthy and felt good and healthy so that is what i um my paradigm shifted and then when natasha and i started dating when i would start to panic when i would feel any kind of waning feeling in the very beginning of our relationship i would just say this isn't real this isn't this isn't reality. You're just panicking and freaking out. Hang in there. How do you actually feel about that person? And then I would say, oh, I really like her. I'll stick around for another day. And then oh, now we're 10 years married. It's been, a, been a, quite a ride. So do I still like, because like I'm currently not really seeing anyone right now and I'm not really doing online dating. I'm kind of just like focusing my own stuff. And then if people come up, whatever, if it happens, it happens. But it's like, like how do I date slow? How do you <laughs> but how, like still keep things exciting? I guess or how, like how quickly, I don't want to. Or how, actually, actually, like how do I express that I do want something serious, 
but without putting pressure on things. You know what I mean? Like, how quickly do you bong? So usually, I try not to, but sometimes it's the first time. I'm first date. First date. I'm a retired slut. I'm no, trying, there's I'm nothing. I got no judgment about quick bongs, uh, but but it usually doesn't go anywhere. But the problem with a quick bong for me is not that you're a slut and that that's bad. Because oh, no, if, I, I take slut as like a crown. No, like. but I know I'm saying, I'm saying exactly that. If you're like, I'm horny, I want to fuck some dude, I more power to you. But if you're like, here's my situation. I, I have no opinion on how long someone should wait, but I do have an opinion on how long like you should wait because I relate so much to the way that you date. It's like it, you should go slowly, not because like you're fucking it up by going too quickly, but because you're, you're, so confused in that in that early phase about whether you like a person or not and then you go to the the bong phase and then it just like swirls that confusion even more for you it feels like you should be waiting a little bit longer not because of some external ethical value but so that you can figure out how you feel about a person before you get get in intimate with them like yeah, you know wow. like that idea like if you want to like be in a relationship you have to become the person you want to be in a relationship with right that makes sense yeah and i would also say like maybe as um a fun little activity just be a little more selective i have been more for sure like my friend told me today that she like a guy asked her out on a date to play foosball and she's like (laughs) and i don't know why but i decided to say no i'm like yeah that sounds like fucking hell like (laughs) what do you think the next date's gonna be like you know it's just like be kind you know it's like you don't need to fall in love at all costs. Like you want mm. to fall in love with someone you have something in common with and who feels like they could be a good partner and who like has these qualities that you really like and you need to assess what those qualities are. And, you know, I, I think that it's it's not just like blindly like, oh, I need to find someone who I'm going to be obsessed with. Can I tell you what's a huge turnoff for me? It's sure. It's a date with a woman that's like, just so you know, I'm in this for a long-term serious thing. That's what I'm after. Because I'm like... Do you want kids? Like I'm just How like, many kids do you want? Well, no, I obviously want to do that. But yeah, I'm but, just like, but like, when do I... But I'm just saying... No, no, no. What I'm saying is, like, to me, when the person said... I've had people say that to me on a date. What I'm hearing in that moment is not, oh, this is a person that really wants something serious. It's, oh, this is a person that's in an extreme defensive pose. Uh, that's like actually acting out her disappointment with other men that she's dated verbally on our first date. She doesn't, she's not ready for anything. I'm a, I don't want anything to do with this person. Uh, like Natasha didn't say that to me. She wasn't like, just so you know, this is serious. Actually, she said the opposite. She was just trying to fuck, I think actually, right, Natasha? I don't remember. Well, that is kind of what happened. But anyway, it's just like, if I want to be in a serious relationship, then I will just act in a way that will that will garner that, right? It's not. I will never announce that I'm here for a serious relationship. I don't think ever is my point. One thing I never do it. I never. So then I just like hope that, like I never even say it because I'm like, in a way, it's like I'm trying to always act like a tough person where it's like I don't want it. Yeah, Brooklyn. So, cool well it's hard out here no it's not i feel like the easiest place to meet people would probably be brooklyn you think so because everyone's going out there's tons of street life you could just like walk outside your door and walk into a bar no but it's like that andrew michonne a lot of them are the same though they're all these like fucking e-boys man right no but e-boy you you actually coined the term on like another e-boy sorry (laughs) e-boy yeah it's like it's like that andrew michonne joke he's got this joke he goes i just completed the la guys triathlon i skated for two hours surfed for two hours 
and told 10 women I wasn't interested in anything serious. Like, I get it. It's like you're, you're, the, the pool is not broadcasting what, what you want. There is a lot, but it's also... Okay, here's what you need to do. You need to brainwash yourself in this way. You have 10 years. Give yourself 10 years. When you're on this date... 37? Yeah, oh, just, just no. I mean, you could still have kids. Like, just give yourself. Say, I'm gonna give myself ten years to find the person I want. Like, the the idea that like that's too much pressure to put on yourself. That's too much pressure to put on every date. Like, if you just know inside, like that by 37, if you don't meet the person you want, then you'll figure out another. You know, you'll pivot and maybe freeze your eggs or whatever. But you you've got plenty of time. I and, and by the way, I want to. Does everyone around me has relationships. I'm like literally always the only single friend. So in a way, I guess that's like also why I feel compare and despair, sister. I mean, those people aren't you're You don't want to date the people they're dating. Do you? You want the rest of their lives? Isn't that what you always say? Anytime you compare yourself. Isn't that your quote, Tosh? I thought that was an AA quote. No, I need well, compare and despair is an AA quote. But you always say like anytime you compare yourself to someone else, then you have to take on all the other parts of their life. too. Well, Fran Lebowitz said that, which I thought was a really good quote which is like i she's like i never understood why people were jealous of other people because like then if you really want their life you have to have all of their life right do you really yeah, want true. all of their life no because half their life you think is fucked up <laughs> no, no, I, I love my life for the most part it's just like this one thing that i just I just here here's the thing you have to be easy on yourself and mm. give yourself a break and be selective and, you know, it's, and go to things and try to meet people who are going to be interested. I mean, I give the same advice all the time. No, but I think that it's good. No, advice. no, it's, it's no, it's valid. It, the, here's the thing. I'm not saying, but I'm not saying never tell a person I want to be in a relationship. I'm saying don't ever have the conversation where you say, here's what I'm after. A long term, serious thing. Like if you're dating someone and you know this is whack, it's not going to work out. Unless you want to use that person for sex, then you you just don't you just don't sleep with that person, or you do and just hope that you that eventually you'll be able to notice. Because I'll be honest with you, I was not I did not stop sleeping around until I started dating Natasha. So it's not like I was like became serious once I read that book, but I had a paradigm shift, which was I really recommend that you read the book. I had a paradigm yeah. shift that was like what I'm after, what I've been after is a drug, and what I'm after is something different. I understood that. Like, I've got these two relationship paradigms in my life. Uh, my mom and my dad and my mom and my stepdad. My mom and my dad, they met. Two weeks later, my mom moved in with him. They had an abusive, horrible, fucked up relationship that lasted for seven years. And then he, uh, she left him and stole us away in the night. And they never talked again. And they hated each other for the rest of their lives. Oh, that's like my parents' relationship, too. That's so cute. But then there's my mom and my stepdad's relationship. When my mom first met my stepdad, she wasn't attracted to him. He asked her out. She was like, oh, you're a nerd. I'm not down. What, Whatever. And then slowly, like... To her she, credit, he was taking ASL sign language classes to meet a deaf woman. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if it was to me a deaf woman, but he was doing that. And then then she went out with him and then she's like, Oh, this guy's kinda interesting. Oh, I kinda like him. And then they started dating and then slow now they've been married for, you know, 
30 years or something like that. And they've got this great calm. They hate each each other just as much as every other couple. They don't hate each other at all. They love each other. My mom and stepdad. So what I'm saying is it never burned white hot. Those are extreme examples. Mm -hmm. You don't want really either of those, right? You don't want like one where you're like, I don't even know if I'm attracted to this guy. And then, um, and then, oh yeah, no, he's beautiful. I get it. slow. And you also don't want like, oh, I'm attracted to this guy so much. I'm willing to put my physical safety on the line. You want something though that is less the drug chase and more the healthy thing and so you got to attune yourself to to noticing those signals by sh- having a, i think a paradigm shift i think reading this book would really help i think That's you should think. read the road less traveled because moshe really think i mean i remember reading that book and having it was the first self-help book i ever read and i remember thinking like i had never thought about a lot of the stuff it said but i was also like 18 um and i also think you should watch some betty davis movies and just try to get some game you know <laughs> just do game, an impression Yeah, I have too much game. It's just like the the game doesn't continue. Then it ain't game, honey. Oh, get some of that game that you know you want to like. You want to reel it in. You want to get to the finish line. You want to get those people interested. You know, sometimes. I'm just saying. I'm not suggesting don't sleep with guys quickly. I'm just saying for me. I'm not saying that either. I'm saying I know you're not. I'm saying for me. Now I'm like I'm bored of having sex with people I don't know. So that's kind of also where I'm like. I always would. What would happen for me is I would almost convince. I would be so attracted to a woman that would almost convince myself like maybe I do kind of like this person, and then I'd sleep with them, and I go, oh no, I don't. But if I had dated that woman for three more weeks without having sex with I probably could have figured that out so I never did that so it's hard for me to give you that advice but uh but I think that could help you figure out like if you're you know it's like this AA guy Lord in San Francisco used to say he's like are are you my girlfriend no if not get the fuck out of my way it's almost like you want these guys that aren't your boyfriend to get the fuck out of your way so that you can find the person that is well, listen, good luck to you. I still don't even exactly know what your question was or if I we helped you. I understand the question okay, exactly. It, I literally lived through this. And you know what I did? It, it, it's a, a rocky road. I know we got to go. It's a rocky road. After I read that book, The Road Less, I hope you don't get jealous right now. But after I wrote, read that book, The Road Less Traveled, I immediately, I, got, I thought, I know who it is that I have felt this way about. And it's this person for whom I had a white hot thing and then it went away and I broke her heart by breaking it off with her. I was like, oh, I got to go out of here. And I always regretted doing that. And I was like, that's a person for whom I have this like love and care. I really love and care about this person. So I contacted her. And I said, you know, I read this book and I had this big revelation and I really feel like we should give this a go. And she was like, go fuck yourself. You hurt me. And I was like, okay, that's not at all what I expected to happen in this situation. And then two, three, four years later, I met Natasha and I was already in the mindset of understanding a little bit more about myself that I was ready for that relationship. So it's, it's not an instant fix, but it was about having a mental shift for me that was that was the big thing and i would get out of your comfort zone a little bit how so i don't know if i were in your position i was like i really want to meet someone soon because you know there is an apocalypse apocalypse coming Mm -hmm. you know just like maybe ask a guy out maybe i I don't know maybe get i mean here's the good thing about the apps you can put in the apps i'm looking for something serious and then it's like no one that contacts you will not will be looking for anything else well maybe you know what i mean but that is the yeah. advantage of the apps is that so much information is displayed up front but you don't want to get on them so what you have to do is just find somebody that makes you feel like not just excited and high but like you care about them so all right okay well go. good luck to you say thank you love you guys you're awesome You've been- 
a big comfort to me for this whole time you've existed. So thank you. Aww. We'll see you in Brooklyn when we come. We'll be at the Bell House sometime soon, I think. I, I did see you at the Bell House like I think a year ago. That was a fun show. That was a fun well, show. Well, he's coming back. Yeah, I'll be back. All right. I'm coming well, back I, for my book. Natasha, you should come. I want to yeah. see you live. You should yeah, come. Maybe. She hasn't come the entire time we've been together. I have a family now. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck out there. It's All right. hard out there so for much. a pimp. Goodbye. Bye. I got it. I get what she's going through. I, I mean, I literally. Li- you just like, say you understand everybody because. No, that is what I was doing. Want to? Okay. What do you think I want? What? You want to regale all of your old old loves. You want me to? You mean I want to tell stories about how <laughs> what a slut I was? I mean, I related to that girl so much. I just feel like I was in her position. Twenty seven is so young. It's not as young as you think it is. Is it? Is it not as young as it used to be? No, it's the same age it's always been. You don't think twenty seven is young? I think it's youngish, but I don't think it's like weird to be thinking about like settling down into a more mature relationship at twenty seven. Okay, well, my mom got married at 23 which is like how a lot of moms got married and i just feel like that ruined their life yeah but she was getting married at 23 this woman's thinking about shifting from being like a wild cocaine sniffing brooklyn party girl to like going into something more serious at 27 so it's different right she ain't gonna get married next week right i hear you do you agree with me yeah do you love me yeah on what level uh high level that's awesome Natasha, that was a great call, but I would love to hear a couple secrets. Yeah, let's do a few. Hi. Um, my secret is that a while ago, me and my boyfriend got drunk and he accidentally sent me to the ER. Told me I had lots of expensive tests and it was whatever. I felt he felt bad. I felt bad. But, you know, I have insurance. But then about a month after, I got a $7,200 bill. And I was freaking out, and he obviously felt really bad because it was his fault. And so he sent me almost all of it, pretty much within a day or two, and I paid it off, and it was great. And then it turns out I never billed my insurance, so it was really only like $1,200. So I was like about 6000 I don't know, I'm not going to do math, and then I'm keeping it. Because when we first started dating, he was kind of a loser, and he didn't have a job, and I'm not telling him. And I felt bad, but actually not at all. So, bye. Love you guys. Wait, I want more details. Why well, did she yeah. go to the ER? The disrespect to call a secrets hotline talking about my husband sent me to the ER and then not tell us why. I mean, it's just like... What do you think this is? It's a secrets hotline. I mean, how dare you? I've never been angry at a caller before. I'm angry now. And so... She's stealing money. I think it's her boyfriend. That's the thing. She stole seventy sixty eight hundred dollars from her boyfriend. What 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 kind of ethics do I expect from her on the secrets hotline? You know, if she's willing to steal seventy two hundred, she's willing to steal my curiosity as well. And to be honest, he doesn't sound like that much of a loser to get you seventy two hundred dollars in two days yeah. because it was his fault. I mean, unless he like hate you across the face or something. Right. What did happen? We is just what, need more information. Yeah, did he do a sixty eight hundred dollar um sin? grievous enough to to warrant this this theft if not i mean if he just like accidentally tripped you and then you broke your nose and also the fact that it took him two installments to pay you back in full even though it was in two days it means that he didn't have that much money so he doesn't really sound like a loser to me it sounds like well i get what you're saying but it does seem like he's really trying to please you and if he was a loser that's unemployed why are you taking his money the motherfucker needs money i don't know about this one 
you guys. I I don't know. This I just I just don't know. Well, listen. Um, I don't. They did not sound together anymore. Uh huh. And uh, listen, we just in order to do a, a judgment, we definitely need more information. Yeah, call us back. Tell us why you went to the ER. All right, let's do another secret. I'm super nervous to leave this, but I'm going to do it. Um, my secret is that a number of years ago, these two friends of mine were like flirting with me at this party, and I didn't realize that they were hooking up. And and if it was serious, but it kind of escalated and it turned into this threesome. But the guy got super nervous and he couldn't get hard. So the whole threesome was just sort of a failure. And then he was really embarrassed and like begging for this redo. Um, so he offered to pay us each $1,000 if we would do it again. And we agreed because I was a broke college student. But without the like natural organic energy of the night turning into a threesome it just felt really really awkward and staged so i started doing shots of tequila and i never do shots and he got us this really fancy hotel suite and right when the threesome started i threw up in the bed but i was so drunk that i didn't even know i threw up and so i woke up alone with like a thousand dollars in cash on the nightstand next to me and just like a pile or puddle i don't know of puke and then I felt really, like, bad taking the money because I like to work for my money, and I just felt guilty. So then I called them at, like, 5 in the morning to finish the job, and they were still together. So I drove to meet them and brushed my teeth and then finished the threesome, and then I felt better about taking the money. But then I guess we decided it was really fun, and we wanted to have another threesome, and then this time we didn't get paid. And then this time, the other girl got super drunk, and then she threw up. Um, and then I found out that the guy was actually married the whole time. But to be honest, I think by the time it was the third threesome, I already knew that. But I kind of just wanted to do it because it was fun and because he took us for a fancy dinner. Okay, that's it. Bye. This was like... Um, so this man's like feeding them, and they're like vomiting while they're <laughs> fucking him. <laughs> this read like that... Um, What was that movie that Janixa directed? Zola? Mm. is that what it was called this was like this was like zola this is like a paul thomas anderson movie i mean there's a lot of ups and downs going on here organic threesomes natural threesomes uh paid through prostitution vomit how many other threesomes vomit. are people drunk do you how many how often probably like 70 percent. yeah that's a really good guess 70 but i i feel this guy's pain i've been in a threesome where i couldn't i couldn't uh answer the bell it's difficult out there it's, it's hard it's imp- intimidating Two oh, women? you can't get it up? Yeah, and I was so sober as a judge. And you couldn't get it up? Couldn't get it up. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Tried to throw, I tried to throw $1,000 at my own erection. Nothing. <laughs> I told you about the one. I must have told you about the one. There was one time, that there were two group sex situations where I couldn't get an erection. But one time, I'm sure I've told this story before, but one time, it was me and a girl I was dating and another couple, and I couldn't get an erection with his girl but he definitely could get an erection with mine so he's like next to me pounding away and i'm just like oh this doesn't usually happen to me to this disappointed stranger yeah but then are you supposed to start kissing the guy no you guys are just like i guess let's swap partners yeah Um, yeah in front of each other that's right that sounds really immature how old were you immature (laughs) that's the word you use for it immature (laughs) it's It's actually pretty mature content 
Oh, so like I'm gonna fuck your girlfriend and then let's switch. Im- immature is not the word. I don't know. It, well, I don't know what. Child, I don't know. It feels like um a young man's game. I guess. I guess, but anyway, he was older than me. He was balding. I remember that. And he was just pounding my girl, and I was just like, I can't. I wish I. And when you say your girl, like how many dates had you been on with this girl? I knew her pretty girl? well. You knew her well. Oh yeah. But she was not your girlfriend. That was somebody I was dating. Okay. Yeah, but it was definitely somebody I was comfortable enough and I've been dating long enough to say, would you be interested in answering an ad on a random sex Oh, this was your platform? idea? I think I pitched it, yeah. Oh, that's very romantic. <laughs> I didn't say it was romantic. So I wouldn't one use of the word your, immature or romantic. So one of your approaches with this girl was to like, hey, do you mind if we answer this Craigslist well, ad together? Moshe. I know. She, well, she was something. This is really sad. I know. She was something. Is that a good word that you agree with? No, she was something that's going to kind of blow your mind. I mean, it's kind of like you're just not going to relate. She was. Open-minded? Sexually adventurous. Yeah. Mm. So that was kind of her thing. So she was down. She was kind of excited about the idea. Cool. Yeah. But in the end, she didn't really love the guy and I didn't have a good experience either. I would No, say- it sounds really fun to get railed by a bald guy while you're. <laughs> guy you barely know is on the other <laughs> side of the bed well. fucking someone else i, I guess well. you know what here's the thing you said 70 percent are drunk i would mm-hmm. say 70 percent are awkward too ah uh, i see i would say the the amount of times that you're both sober and it's super erotic is probably in the 20 percent zone mm. but it can happen i've Hello. had it i've had it happen once should we take another call yeah but before we do my favorite spots to surf are i go to sunset in LA, which is, you know, I know people are rolling their eyes, but when I go to Topanga, I had a good time at Topanga the other day, but when I go to Topanga, there's often many like sort of middle-aged um, guys that are living out there, living out their uh, teenage alpha fantasies in the lineup up there. And I don't like going to Malibu First Point or any of those places because it's too crowded. But my secret spots are the spots that I surf north of ventura and i'm not going to tell you exactly where they are but that's where i like to go i like to go up into the 805 and find a little bit more uh room to grow Mm. a little bit more elbow room some of the beautiful coastal riviera like crispy waves of my golden country all right well uh let's speaking of golden let's call shane in the golden state of Utah. No, California's the golden state. <laughs> what is the Utah? Isn't Utah kind of like got like sand that's golden? It does have sand. It's, it's golden. It has beautiful colors. What is the state motto of Utah? It's the what state? Beehive state. It's the beehive state, which is what goes in comes out of beehives? Honey. And that honey is the color of? Piss. <laughs> that's right. It's the piss honey state. Hi, Shane. Hi. How you doing? Good. I'm well. How are you? What is that strong sign behind you? That is a strong sign. That's that's a. I'm actually in a hotel in Austin, Texas. That's uh. This is it. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a hotel. Okay. I was gonna say if that was behind you, just in your normal day, I would say maybe we should hang up on you. But Shane, we were just talking about Utah and how you're from Utah. Yes. How my family. Uh, we're one of the original founders of the state of Utah. They're oh, in, really? Yeah, they're are, in, you a, are you a Young or a, a Smith, maybe? No, no, I'm, we're not that. Um, we were probably like the cooks. We were probably like the potato peelers. The word No, he means like Brigham Young. Yeah, no, I know. I'm oh. saying we weren't in the upper echelon of Utah society. I'm sure we, we just fixed the wagon wheels or something. Oh, cute, hon. All right, Shane. How can we help? Well, thanks for talking to me tonight. I'm excited to see Natasha in December at Wise Guys. Ooh. Wait, hold on. I am not coming there. 
You, it seems like you are. To Utah? Yeah, December 2nd. I I have tickets. <laughs> I really hope you are. Wait, are you serious? Because that's not on I'm my too. schedule. Oh, Shane. Man, maybe yeah. you can give us some advice on how to keep a better schedule. December 2nd? Yes, I really think it's December 2nd. Well, Damn it. I forgot to include that on my schedule. I don't want to bring up anything awkward, but I'm seeing Duncan Trussell there uh, November How dare you? How and dare I'm you? I'm sorry. That is I'm so kidding. disrespectful no, to even mention okay. it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love Duncan, but I you married Moshe. Him? You love him? You know, I think he's a great guy. You got mad love for him? I got mad love for him, but I got more mad love for you. Thanks, dear. I, my love for you is madder. I appreciate that very much. Shane, thank you for bringing... Um, uh, both jealousy and schedule panic into our evening. <laughs> How can we help you? <laughs> uh, thanks for talking to me tonight. I um, I have been seeing a woman. Her name is Shannon. Okay. Uh, for about two years, and I, I'm divorced. And I was uh, I was a member of the Mormon Church for for some time. So I have four daughters, mm. and uh, we have had some challenges. And she has one daughter. She's never been married. And has never been never been Mormon, but we have had some challenges in m- merging our our families, and that's that's kind of the issue. Is uh, when we go on vacations or other places, uh, my daughters say, you know, I, I really like Shannon; she's really wonderful. But they say they don't like me when I'm around Shannon. Um, what they think? Yeah, they think I act kind of. Um, I think I think Shannon would believe that I have fostered more of a friendship with my daughter since I got divorced, and and um, because I spent a lot of my time uh, in my life being being uh, being Mormon, me and my daughters, my daughters are in their early twenties or late teens, and we're kind of going through some similar things where we're having maybe some similar experiences. Where um, we we go, we go to concerts together, we drink together. I went to uh, the the uh, Utah version of the Burning Man. It was called Element Eleven. I went to that. Uh, Mosho, how'd evening. you miss that? I mean, Shane didn't invite me. He was probably off with Duncan. <laughs> I'm Team Mosho all the way, one hundred percent. Do you have tickets to see Duncan? Yeah, he does. I do. He does. He told me. He told us that. All right. Yeah. Go, so go ahead. Anyway, so um, we just had a little real hard time, like meshing our meshing our lives together with my daughters, and and uh, again, Shannon thinks that I've created this friendship with my daughters that's more of like a, a friendship than a than a father-daughter relationship and she thinks that's that's kind of getting in the way so i guess the one thing i'm wondering is is there you know something i can do to have a better uh, uh to better to better uh merge that merge that family together with we have five daughters together four and her one and then i guess i wondered if you you two seem like you know you've got a daughter together you're you've got I think you've got a really good perspective on on what that what it takes to be in a relationship. And is is there a priority list where I should I, I I felt very strongly that I should really prioritize my partner above. I don't want to make it a competition with my daughters, but I feel like that person. If I'm if I'm really making a life with her, if she's my if she's my person, I really should be. You're basically like, which side do I choose? Because like, they're like, we love her, but we don't like you when you're around her and they're all ganging up on you. And she's like, well, you're not really doing a good job of like having boundaries because they're your kids, not your friends. But the thing is, it's like, you're trying to please them all. And what about you? You know, like celebrate the love. Yeah, it can be awkward. It can be goofy. You know, like, unless you're like becoming 
you know, this abhorrent person when you're around. I mean, it just feels like they're just like super judging you, right? Like your daughters, like you're not, it's not like you're becoming a bad person when you're around Shannon. I think maybe I am a little bit more of a dad when Shannon's around. So I'm like, guys, you know, don't be, don't be crazy. Don't be, you know, but when, when she's not around, I'm like, yeah, let's go crazy. Let's do all these fun things. Let's, uh-huh. let's, let's drink together. Let's go to concerts together. And with, is, with is, Shannon, the, is the drinking, is Shannon mad that you're drinking with your kids or do, hanging out with them in that way? No, but she just thinks it's kind of strange that I'm being being such a friend to them. Mm. And, and, do you and does it feel weird to you? I mean, I maybe I'm a little overcompensating a little bit because we got divorced, and I'm trying to be, you know, Disneyland dad, where I'm like, hey guys, come on in, let's. let's but they're do some twenty. Things. Yeah, they are early. I remember my and- dad taking me to New Orleans and being like, "Want a cigarette, kid?" Yeah. Like he wanted me to like smoke and drink, but and- you. You always say he was like a bad dad. <laughs> but I, I mean, he just thought it was so cool that we would like but be be at Pat O'Brien's, like the just, worst place in just, New Orleans. It's just funny advice to be giving this guy because you're you're refrained about your dad. No. Like, he had no idea how to be a fucking father. No, but, but you I, know. I mean, I, it, but I, I'd always I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but it did always strike me as a little desperate, you know, when he was like, have a cigarette. But yeah. whatever, I, I, it's beside the point. I, I think it's like important how you feel. I and mean, what do you think, Moshe? Well, I just I, feel like he's kind of getting ganged up on. And what I would do is just kind of like slough it all off, you know, and just be like, ha yeah, yeah. Well, you know, let's try. Let's all have dinner. Just keep suggesting things, you know, try to and make her your priority in your mind, Shannon. But still like be super loving to your kids and try to include everybody and maybe create more environments for you all to hang out that would be fun for everybody that you know they would all like. If there's a movie coming up, try to include the girls. Try to, you know, try to make more things. Almost do the opposite. Like they're saying like, oh, you, we don't like, don't, don't ask them. Like the worst thing you could do is come up to your four daughters and be like, was that a little better? Yeah, you're so right. And you know he's doing that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The only don't thing, do that. Don't, it's don't don't ask them how you're doing. Don't ask them if they like her. Just keep like come. You're a fun guy, even though you're a born Mormon. You know, it's like you're just like doing your thing. Like come up with fun things. Come up with more vacations, more dinners, more family movie night, whatever it is, and just include them. And it'll all two years is not that long. And they have your mom or your ex-wife, their mom talking shit about Shannon all day long from the side glances, even though she says she's not and she says she's happy for you. So you've got like so much going against you. You're never going to win this. So all you can do is just try to like create this new weird kind of family and have fun and just, I don't know. What do you think, Moshe? I think that everything you said was very wise. Accept the recommendation to go see a movie because clearly this guy's a burner. He doesn't want to go to a fucking movie. I'm just if saying, a if, cool if, dubstep, if, if, if there's a cool dubstep or a bass DJ in town, that's who you got. You're gonna want to. But I think your motto. Here's your motto, Shane. This is your new motto. I'm do. I'm doing my best. That's what you say to everybody in that's your what, head and out loud. That's what you say to everybody. It was Shannon's like, I don't know. You're not really being much of a dad figure, more of a of a of a pal to them. And you go, Oh, Shannon, I know. I'm doing my best. Yeah. And they go, Dad, you're being a fucking total fucking cop all of a sudden. Now, weren't we just t- dropping Molly together at Utah Burn? <laughs> and you go, you go. Well, I'm I'm doing my no best. Idea how close you are. <laughs> you could just go. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Yep. Here's the thing. Like the okay. 
all of this is like and maybe dial it back a little bit with the kids i don't know that's up to that's up to shane you do what you want i my thing is your your kids are they are not kids but they are not adults yet and so probably some of this like part of the complaint is a grave that you've dug for sure is that you've been partying with them for two years and now you're like all of a sudden shannon's around so you're like uh kids uh kids well you you know it's 10 p.m it's about time for bed and they're like uh dad you know like we just went to utah burn or whatever you know like so 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 I think part of it is that is that they're like, you know, why are you being like all of a sudden trying to be like dad, dad, when we've been like had party dad for uh, and then and part of it is but part of it is there is my guess, even though uh, I don't know much about melding a family or having adult daughters. Part of it is they're expressing their frustration with you and the relationship and the divorce, even though they like Shannon, even though they love you, they still have all these probably unresolved feelings about the fact that their world imploded a little bit. And they like you as fun dad, but they also want you as real dad. And they like Shannon, but they also wish it was your mom and that nothing had changed. And so they're expressing this uh, frustration about what you're like around Shannon. But really, it's like a it's a, actually a frustration about like what their life is now. And so you yeah. just go, guys, I know. I love Shannon. Sometimes, you know, I think I'm too too much of a party dad with you. And when Shannon's around, I, I want to act one way. And and then you say to Shannon, Shannon, I know. Sometimes I think I'm too much of a party dad, but then you're around and I want to like impress you, but I really also want to make sure that I have this great relationship with my with my daughters. I'm just doing my best. Like I do my best. I'm doing my best and be honest with everybody. I th- I think saying out loud to your daughters, like, you know. It, I'm sure it's confusing because sometimes we're partying and then when I'm around Shannon, I'm like acting a little bit more like your dad. And, you know, I'm just doing my best. I'm trying to I'm trying to make Shannon happy and make you happy because you guys are, are I would never say the thing about putting Shannon first. <laughs> I just don't think there's any use in that. And also, yeah. I, I think like, you know, putting just in, in just always putting in perspective what the positive you know, being grateful for things like I just hearing you talk about this, I'm realizing like when we get old, Moshe, our child will have no siblings, you know, and that's like that's going to be the hard time. Like right now it's fun and easy and we can always do play dates with people and go on vacations with friends, with kids. But like when we're dying and when we're old, like she's not going to have anyone like the fact that your daughters have like four siblings that you've given them and they have all of this like, you know, they yeah. they. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, they're they're so lucky that I mean to have like four people to process your parents with, or three people. That's huge. Like I mean, and and I think like I was thinking while you were talking, you say do I'm doing my best, and then the other big problem thing for you, the challenge for you, Shane, is stop trying to affect the merging of your families. You yeah. don't have the ability you to do that. It. Yeah, you can't do it. Look, you've been trying and you can't do I it. Have. You 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 cannot make them merge with harmony. All you can do is be like the best father and the best partner you can you can be and see what they decide to do. Yeah, like, don't pay for them to go places to get them to like you. Well, just like it's not it's not going to happen the way that you want it to happen. It's going to happen the way that they want it to happen because there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people involved in this family. And you, you're like, well, what am I doing wrong that they, all seven people aren't living in harmony? You're not that powerful that you could be the linchpin to make them all happy and, 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 and meld. Here's the good news that I was hearing. You've got four daughters that even though you're divorced and even though you guys had a crisis of faith and have walked away from the way you were living, 
They love you. They love spending time with you. They go to festivals with you. They're, got, one of them out of four is going to have kids soon. You and Shannon can be grandparents. Right. And then you got Shannon. You got a partner that really loves you enough to say like, you know, I think it's a little weird for the way that, you know, it's like you got a lot of love. You clear like one thing. This is a guess. And I don't know you that well. And I don't know Mormonism. I know Mormonism even less. But I know religiosity. Sometimes when the the code goes away, that gave all the answers, even though you don't even believe in the code anymore, it's very easy for the feeling like I am, I've got a strategy to, to fall apart. You know, even though you're like, I don't want that strategy. It was, it was a strategy. And now you're more in the like floating chaos zone. And I think, I think that like just being easy on yourself and tell not only, I just realized it. Don't just tell Shannon and your daughter that you're doing your best. You got to tell yourself that you're doing your best. Right here. It's true. Yes, I, I I appreciate that. I mean, this you're 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 you guys have absolutely one hundred percent nailed this the situation, and and I love that. I mean, that's kind of what I've been trying to do is just playing playing the the little boy that puts his finger in all the dams and yeah. keep them all. Um, and I just I am. That's just, exhausting. I feel exhausting. like I do that for my life too, and sometimes you just have to like take a step back and take a breath and do something for yourself. Yeah. You got adult daughters. Your job isn't to fix them anymore. Your job is to love them. And now that you've done, you've done what you can and now you're just there to love them and you're not there to fix Shannon. You're not there to fix your family. You're just there to do your best. One of the sweet things about being Mormon was I did have children very young. Mm. I was in my early twenties. And so now I've got these 20 something year old kids where I'm still young enough to be able to do fun, some fun things with them. So being friends with them is kind of, it's, it's that double edged sword. I don't want to overdo it. I still want to be their father, but it's, we like to go to festivals. We went to a, uh, some concerts together and went to Weezer and the Pixies and and it's just like this is really fun for us to do together so I really want to do that too but it's I'm doing cr- my best. You're doing your best and I think it's crazy like how lucky it is that your teenage and 20 year old daughters want to go to shows with you like there's so many dads out there that kids that age are just like are you fucking kidding me I would never I would never so I think you've already been doing your best you just got to tell yourself like I used to say like trying your best is twofold though it's it's you don't just try your it's not just you're trying your best like it's not just an excuse oh sorry i'm doing my best you also got to do your best you got to show up be the best father you can be the best person the best partner the best everything you can be you got to do both i can do that and i I will make mistakes i'm sure but i am gonna i i'm I'm committed to it and and i want to i want to see all these people love each other and well, I want to go on vacations together and, and I, and I think we'll get there, but, uh, I probably just need to be a little bit more patient and not try and force something that's not going to happen naturally. Yeah, it might not ever happen in the way you want it to, but it's always going to yeah. happen the way it's supposed to. I want our kid to go to Weezer with, I mean, I don't really love Weezer, but I want to go, well, I like Weezer. Okay. Anyway, I'm trying to go to festivals with my kid when she's 20. That sounds awesome. That means you've done something right. You guys are the best. I can't wait to see Natasha December 2nd, even though. Oh my God. 50, I, I need to call my agent. It's 50 50, those tickets are coming through. But you know what's different about me and Natasha? <laughs> can, I get a, can I get a refund if you don't show up? Yeah, of cool. course. You know what's different about me and Natasha? When I commit to something, I follow through. I, I don't uh, remember this date. <laughs> I, I had tickets to, to see both of you during the pandemic. All right. You don't were, you bring that. How dare uh, you bring that up? Well, that was understandably uh, something that, that couldn't happen. But, uh, I just have to be talked into you. Um, it really the secret here is you all need to go to Burning Man next year, the real Burning Man. You, Shannon, 
all of yes. uh, your daughters, everybody, and you all need to. I'll meet you. I'll meet you at the uh, the the uh, district, or I'll meet you at oh, uh, yeah. at at um, Robot Heart, and we'll just we'll bond to get all of us together. And I'll bring that my I'll bring amazing. my my then six year old, and we'll all rave together. It's not going to rain like that two years in a row, right? It's, it's never rained like that before in the last twenty two right. years that I've been. Exactly. So I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Well, good all luck. Way. All right, Shane. See Thank you in Utah. You Farewell. You're the best. Thanks. Yeah. I like when you can just tell people are nice people. He, well, I mean, Mormons are so nice. That is the thing about you talking shit about them. It's like all religions are kind of crappy and fucked up. Have you been to Utah? They told me. I love Utah. They told me I couldn't have my shoulders showing at a mall. I'm just saying. They were like, this is a Mormon run mall. You need to cover your shoulders. Anytime you start looking at And then there was a person with like, a, I, can I just finish what happened to sure. me there? There was a person with a laminated um, like necklace on and the lamination had like every person in the Mormon church that they were trying to raise money for. Uh-huh. And it was like 90 white, old white men. Yeah. And they're like, please, we need to make money. <gasps> you know who that is? For the-, <laughs> the angel Moroni coming and cursing your nose. Listen, I'm just saying it seemed absurd to me when I was there. All right. If you would like to uh, call us 213-222-8608, leave us a secret. Or you can also email us and say you want to be on the podcast, EndlessHoneymoonPod at gmail.com. And don't forget to join our Patreon. We have... It's an exciting Patreon. Dinner parties coming up. Hey, by the way, I just dropped a new mixtape on the Patreon. This is the best mix I've ever made, I think. Did you listen, Laura? No, she didn't. But you know what? That's fine. It's fine. I don't need anybody to listen. None of the women in my life have to support my hobbies. We will look at your dating profile. We have a whole online community with our Patreon. So make sure to show us support. And also, you can watch all this on youtube natasha you're the best i love your outfit and i love you oh thanks i love you too